This is Canada Reads American Style, featuring two friends who love Canada Reads and Canadian literature. Welcome our host Rebecca from Michigan and Tara from Ontario. Hi everyone, it's Rebecca and Tara, and today we have book chat number five. And think about this, Tara, someday we might say uh, book chat 111. <laughs> I know, that would be so weird. I was just thinking about that. I'm like, how high are we going to go? Are we going to be like 1,023 and we're done? Like, it's, Exactly. <laughs> I don't know how many years that would be. It would be way too many, but. Yeah, I will, yeah. I, I probably won't live that long. But anyway, <laughs> so, so how's everything with you today? <laughs> good, good. I made a little side trip uh, to a bookstore today. It, not for a specific purpose. It was just that uh, my children and I, before we went for a hike, we went out for breakfast today. And we had a few minutes before we, in between breakfast and the hike. So we stopped at the bookstore that was just across the street. And I ended up, and I, it's so funny because we're getting out of the car and I'm like, I am not buying any <laughs> books today. Like the whole month, I'm taking a month off. I'm not buying any books. And Keegan's like, uh, I've heard that before. And I'm like, yeah, but it's <laughs> happening today. It's happening. So anyways, we stepped into the bookstore and within like two minutes, I'd picked up a book to, to purchase. <laughs> of course. And of course, they're both laughing. However, I told them it doesn't count because the book I bought is called Birds of Ontario. So it's a bird guidebook, right? Of exactly. All the different birds and stuff. And it doesn't count because it's a replacement copy of I had this book already. However, one of my cats vomited on it. <laughs> so <laughs> this happened a few months ago because I keep it on like a windowsill. So if I see like a bird that I don't know, I'll run over and get my book. And the last time I went to do this, I was like, ew, there was like this puddle of dried vomit on it. And I'm like, that's really gross. <laughs> So I had to throw it out. It was your cat's uh, commentary on, yes. you know, on birds and birds. I truly believe it was. I truly believe so. But so anyways, I was like, oh. But then since then, there have been a couple moments when I'm like, oh, what's that bird? Where's my, oh, I can't get my book. So I saw this today and I'm like, I'm picking it up. It's a replacement. It doesn't actually count. I 100% agree that yeah. does not count. Yeah. And did your boys agree that it didn't count technically then? No, no, they, <laughs> they do not agree with that, but that doesn't matter because it's all what I think. Yeah, all, that yeah. Is, I agree with you 100%. Yep. So yep. you're, you're right, they're wrong. It's all they're good. Wrong. I know, I know. What about you? Anything going on? The one thing I just wanted to mention, and I know that like in June, we'll talk more about this, but I want to just touch base a little bit about kind of where we are with our year year-long mm -hmm. goals, reading goals. But I just mm -hmm. want to mention that I had kind of felt like I wasn't reading because I was going to read different books from different countries. And I was kind yeah. of thinking, oh, I don't think I'm doing very well. So what do you think I did? I created a spreadsheet. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> and so now I actually list the country that I read. And so nice. I just want to mention, I this since I started at the beginning of the year, England, Mexico, Palestine, Poland, Egypt, and I'm currently reading Algeria. Oh, so wow. look at that. That is pretty damn good. So I'm pretty excited about that. Yeah. Okay. 
what have you been reading since okay. the last time we chatted about Are books? we doing like a little currently reading or are we going right into our book chat? Yeah, let's do currently reading. Okay. Yeah. Um, so currently I have my nonfiction book is a book that you've read and it is Fuse by Halle Godere, a memoir. I'm about halfway through and really enjoying it. She's an amazing writer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's my nonfiction. And um, oh, and you interviewed her in episode, it was recent, like in the new year, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm going to check that up very quickly because people should go listen to that yeah. either before or after reading the the book because it's a great interview. I really enjoyed it. I did not participate in that one. Yeah. And I'm looking it up. Sorry. Here we go. Here we go. I'm almost there. Episode 114. There we go. Yeah. And then my fiction book is a silly, a silly, I, I don't mean that in a derogatory sense, like just like a fun, light read called The Bookish Life of Nina Hill. It's just fun. Mm. Yeah. I don't know that one. Yeah. I don't know where I heard of this. It was on my like a little virtual TBR thing that I keep track of. So I think I must have heard of it in some podcast. Who's the author Um, again? uh, Abby Waxman. Huh. Okay. Yeah. It's just a fun, um, maybe like a a little bit of a romance. Uh, I don't even, but I wouldn't call it. That's not the focal point of it. Just mm-hmm. about this bookish woman lives in or works in a library in Los Angeles. Not a library, sorry, take that back. Bookstore in mm-hmm. Los Angeles, which I think is kind of funny because whenever I think of Los Angeles, I don't think of like funky little neighborhoods. I think of like Los Angeles kind of thing. Yeah. And um, she's an introvert and she finds her family suddenly expanded greatly. And then there's a little romance thing going on, and it's just fun. It's a fun book. Now, is that one that was on your TBR? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So this wasn't a library book. Uh, well, oh, sorry, it is a library book. Yeah, I borrowed okay. it from the library. Yeah, but it's on like my what I call my virtual TBR—a list of books that I uh, want to read but don't own, and probably won't purchase, but borrow from the library. So in the future, I'll try to remember to ask if it's physical TBR or virtual TBR. I don't know what, yeah, what else would we call know. it. I yeah. don't know. I have a lot of TBRs, so I, I keep adding little subsets of TBRs. So Oh, I have to laugh about that. Last night, I had 209 on my Goodreads yeah. want to read list. I started weeding them down again. And it's, I'm yeah. at 165 because I just wow. can't. You know, that it's this whole conversation you and I have been having with our yep. other friends, um, Colleen specifically too, but about mood reader versus, you know, TBR and stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I realize that probably a lot of people have like a thousand books either on their shelf at home or on their TBR on yep. like Goodreads or Storygraph or something. I can't do it. It creates a lot of anxiety for me. It's just hilarious yeah. how I've just got this crazy mind. So Yeah, because I feel like it wasn't that long ago that you purged your TBR, like your Goodreads TBR. Also. I did. Yeah. And I got down to like 35. Yeah. And then it, I, I read all the, and I have to say, thank you to everybody on Bookstagram because I read your reviews. I actually add the books. But then if the list gets too long, it creates a lot of anxiety mm. for me. So then I just go and I start 
like taken titles out. So yeah. anyway. Interesting. A physical TBR, like a stack of physical books on my nightstand. If that gets too big, that does stress me out. Yeah. But like just a list of books that I want to read, like on paper or whatever, or on my phone, that can get as long as it wants and it doesn't bother me. I'll just keep adding to it and working my way through it. That's funny because what my problem is, if that list is too long, yeah. and this is what happened a couple nights ago, I wanted to find something to read. Even though I had things at home, I thought, no, I want, I want something. I don't know what it is, but I wanted something different. And so yeah. I started looking on my Goodreads list and the list was so long. I, I just thought it, it's overwhelming me now. Yeah. And I yeah. eventually did find a book and I downloaded it and everything. But that's why I think I have to keep that list short is when, I, when I'm in a mood and I want to read a certain thing, yeah. I don't want to have to go through 209 titles. Yeah, which I can see. And see, I don't do that. I just, I start at the top and I literally work my, like wow. uh, my physical books that I have at home. Those yeah. I kind of set up by mood. But this list that I have, like an ongoing list that's on my phone or like your Goodreads list, essentially, yeah. but I just don't have it on Goodreads. I just start at the top and I just like, will be like, hey, what's next on the list? That's what wow. I'm reading. So okay. I just... And then I tick it off. I'm impressed. I have like a nonfiction list going. I think I've now started a graphic novel list, a poetry list, and then a separate Canadian books list just so that I don't miss any of my Canadian authors. Oh it's my gosh. too much now, but. I know, but you know what? I'm, I'm seeing a new spreadsheet in my future. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm no, but that's a really good idea. I should do it that way. Do you write this out or how do, how are you keeping track of these? This is just on my phone in the notes section. Okay. You'll have to do a screenshot and show me what it yeah, looks like. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Okay, it's very simple. Well, it's like just straight on list, but, and then if I'm like, okay, I'm ready for a nonfiction book and I don't have one here in my physical stack that I want to read, then mm -hmm. I will go to the, my list, my, on my notes and borrow it from the library. Okay. That is interesting. It's you know what? System. We are such book nerds. I'm telling you, we are it's such a, book nerds. <laughs> it's a whole system I got going and I can't be distracted from it. Like it's got I'm tunnel vision, but it works for me. I like it. Well, I'm telling you right now, I'm totally going to create a spreadsheet because I love yeah. this idea of having different categories and I can have different tabs and stuff. Oh my mm -hmm. gosh. Okay, that'll give fun. me some fun things to work on. So, all right. Well, okay. So, <laughs> what are you reading now? Now that we've taken like how many? I know <laughs> sidetracks. I'm still reading a little bit here and there. Just you know how we talked about the last time, where I'm kind of reading a little bit from this book, a little bit from that book. Mm -hmm. But the one I'm going to sit down and I, I had started it, but it's the disappearance of Mister Nobody, and it's oh, a translated yes. novel, uh, and it's written by Ahmed. Ta well, I'm Tai Bowie. And it's translated by Jonathan Wright. But anyway, I was going to be reading it for the book club that I'm, that virtual mm -hmm. book club I'm in. And unfortunately, they changed the time and I can't meet the, I can't do the time they have it scheduled. So technically, I was supposed to be in a book club this upcoming Sunday, but yeah. that's not going to happen. And the book is only like 120 pages. So, wow. and it's really interesting. Let me just tell you just really quick. It just says yep. here. 
An unnamed man, it's in Algiers, and it says an unnamed man with a troubled past escapes his everyday life to find himself caring for an old man with dementia. When the man dies, the carer disappears into thin air, and a police detective is assigned to investigate the circumstances of the old man's demise and to track down the caretaker. Oh. Yeah. So it's interesting. Yeah. And, the, and the main character, he never has a name, so in the story. Oh, that sounds really interesting. And it's only, like I said, 120 pages. So that is what yeah. I'm currently reading. Nice. So, yeah. Okay. Shall we move into our uh, formal book chat? Yes. What have, okay. what have you read since we okay. chatted last? I will start with my nonfiction book, which is Straggle, Adventures in Walking Wild Female by Tannis McDonald. Okay. Yeah. So she is a Canadian author. She is actually local in Ontario, a professor at one of the universities. I can't remember which one. This is a collection of essays, poems, and microfiction on the experiences of walking through the world in a female and or marginalized body. Mm. Yeah, it was a really interesting. It was thought provoking. She is very funny like very funny, especially I found that came through in her poetry because I now want to search out her poetry, but she is a, a very funny woman. And I really enjoyed this collection. It's kind of an odd mix in a way or not. Yeah, it is. Cause her, um, like her poetry, like I said, is at times very funny, very accessible. The microfiction is just maybe a half a page of like you a little short short essay kind mm-hmm. of thing but then her uh, some of her essays are more accessible than others because she is a professor so then other more some of them become a little more technical like uh and theoretical and stuff mm-hmm. but also very readable and I enjoyed them but it's yeah it's a cool col- collection I think we oftentimes forget that women you walk through the world differently than males. Oh yeah. Because we're just so used to having to walk differently, you know, like more aware of our surroundings. Is this the author you met at Eden Mills? Yes, I did. That's where I first uh, heard of the book. It was last September at Eden Mills. She was reading from it. So that's when I purchased a copy of it and had her sign it. I'm writing that down so that I put that in the show notes because I'll, a link to the Eden Mills uh, yeah, website. The Festival. Yeah. yeah, the Writers Festival. So, okay, great. Okay. Yeah. Is that all you want to say about that or anything I else you want to add? I think so. I think so. Oh, except I guess I will just leave it when she signs my, my book. Um, that was that said, walk strong and straggle. Let's leave it at that. Oh. That's cool. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Well, I, geez, I hate to go right into one that's kind of dark, but oh, I will do that anyway. I'm all for it. Um, yep. So as many of you may know that in the United States, we have a lot of book banning going on. And I can't remember when this one was in the news. It could have been a year ago, but you know, I'm retired now. So time is <laughs> not a thing anymore for me. But I read The Complete Mouse by Art Spiegelman. And I... It's been on my to-be-read list for so long. Yeah. It's ridiculous, right? Yeah. And I loved it. Like, it's... I, I've really been getting into graphic novels a lot in mm-hmm. the last couple of years. 
But I have to say of the, I would say I've, maybe I've read about, maybe about 15 by now, I think. I, I, well, maybe more than that. But anyway, it's my number one. This yeah. was so incredible. Wow. And part of it, part of what I loved about it was he, you can tell he had a difficult relationship with his father in many ways because sections or parts of it he had he was very frustrated or he'd get angry with his father very short-tempered with his father and that's what made this so human and so real because you know a graphic novel can only do so much yeah because obviously the it doesn't have as much text but he was able to really show this true and real relationship that he had with his father and of course what his father goes through i mean unbelievable i just the fact that his father survived and and art's guilt about sometimes how he treated his father and it's just this huge family dynamic and and i was thinking to myself the whole time i was reading it the fact that it was they were trying to ban it again not too long ago here in the us i i just thought who wouldn't benefit from reading this yeah. book there's absolutely nothing, and I don't even remember now why they were trying to ban it, but I even, because I was telling my sister, and I was trying to even think, I, I don't even think there was necessarily like horrible graphic images, drawn images, of course, mm -hmm. that would have really thrown people for a loop. I, I don't know. It just. I was going to ask you if you knew why it's uh, why it had been banned. I should have looked that up beforehand, and I'm, I'm, I didn't. But well, it, I mean, honestly, the reasons often are just ignorant. It is reasons anyway. Well, so. it's funny that that you should bring like a banned book to the program tonight because when we were at the bookstore earlier today, um, our bookstore had a table of banned books, and Captain Underpants, oh yeah, is on it. And Quinn was like, "Why is that banned?" And I'm like, <laughs> "Uh, um." Uh, I don't really know. I'm like, I honestly could not tell you why you would. I'm like, there's a bit of like potty humor. I'm like, I really, yeah. I, I'm like, I, I don't know why it would be banned. Yeah. And I think the thing about banned books, because as a librarian, obviously I, I had many, many years of, you know, every year we do the banned books display and we talk about banned books a lot. Mm -hmm. and, and for years we didn't really have to worry about it. And it's often school libraries that were trying to ban books because yeah, Captain Underpants was one of them. And it was kind of like the potty humor and the fact that he was in his underpants or whatever. I mean, it's just so absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. And the thing I don't understand here in the U.S., you know, we have free speech. And I don't understand why all of these book bannings can take place in some ways because, and I, and I, I know what the free, I know what free speech, I, I know the, the guidelines and the rules that govern it, but still... Mm -hmm. I don't see how someone else can determine what your family or your child reads. Yeah. And that just makes me crazy me because I used to tell parents when they would come in when I was a youth librarian and parents would say to me, is this appropriate for my child? And I would say, well, I can't really answer that for you because I don't know you or your child. Mm -hmm. But what I always recommend as a parent is read the book first. Yeah. If you read it first, then you can determine whether that's appropriate for your child. But the fact that we've gone completely crazy here in this country and we're doing this where we're this this group of people are determining what every every person's child can read is just beyond my comprehension yeah. so 
Anyway, so yeah, I read Mouse. I'm so thankful I read it. I loved it on many different levels. And um, I can see why it has been celebrated for all the years it's been Mm -hmm. celebrated and just amazing. So yeah, that was my first one. Very cool. Very cool. Okay. My second one, I'm looking at a Canada Reads book, but from the long list, because I was excited. I loved the short list and I also loved the long list. I thought this was a great, uh, the whole, was there 12, 15? I can't remember now. It was great. Um, So anyways, I read the latest from Guy Gabriel Kay, All the Seas of the World who I've mentioned before is a favorite author of mine. And I was very excited that he was long listed for Canada Reads this year. It is historical fantasy with highly developed characters, beautiful insight and writing. His writing is just, it's amazing writing. I find his books usually revolve around a significant event. In this case, in this book, it's a holy war that is at the heart of the book and in which the decisions and actions, sometimes they appear to be trivial, of the characters that impact their world at a large. And he looks at how everything kind of spins out from just a small, what appears to be a small decision. And sometimes he'll just inter, uh, introduce like a character for a, one short, short chapter, and that character may even die. But the uh, effect that that character's actions and or death will have on other characters and events in the book just unwinds. It's, it's, I love reading his books. So this was a delight. Love them. Wow. I think there were some other uh, Canadian friends of ours who I think even said they had not heard of him too. Mm-hmm. So is he not really like a widely known writer? I don't think only because I think he writes a lot of fantasy. So it's not like literary fiction. I hate Mm -hmm. saying that it's not literary fiction, but uh, where it's fantasy, I think it's a genre. And so it has, it's found, he's found his little niche because I think worldwide he's very highly regarded and has won awards for his writing. So Mm -hmm. it's just on the literary fiction home front, not well read. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Book number two for you. Yeah. The second one, I, again, I'm still trying to really navigate my reading slump a little bit. And so I was watching TikTok videos or, or I mean, uh, Instagram videos. And I came across a clip from a movie from 2005 that I loved mm. called The Magic of Ordinary Days. It was a Hallmark movie with Carrie Russell and Skeet Ulrich. Yep. And when I saw the clips, they it was actual clips, so I got to hear them speaking and the whole thing. And I was like, oh, I loved that movie so much. And I knew it was a book. So I was able to get it from my library mm-hmm. really quickly. And it's basically set in during World War II. It's in eastern Colorado. And this woman, she gets pregnant by a, a guy who's going off in, to the war or going off to Europe or whatever. And she because it's the 1940s and she is unmarried and she's a preacher's kid, they make arrangements for her to marry this farmer. And so she literally meets him and they get married and it's their life together on this farm in Eastern Colorado. And there's a side story about, it's a Japanese internment camp mm-hmm. and they have uh, people working and she meets with meets up with two young women who are both college educated as she is herself. And it's just this really beautiful 
family story and, and there's obviously a romance to it but th- and I was thinking about this later this is the kind of romance I want to read mm-hmm. which is which is not a romance novel it is a novel about two people who meet and under very unusual circumstances fall in love and I yeah. I love this so much and the other thing I liked is that it is different than the movie there's okay. some things that are different so I like that and is this the first time you've read the book like you've yeah. seen the movie, but this is okay. Yeah. And the movie was 2005. So <laughs> it's been a while. So, oh my God, that's 18 freaking years. Yeah. Don't think about it. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm going to yeah. stop thinking about it. So anyway, yeah. I So I just read it for the first time, but I, I, I don't know. I just, it was just the right, it's just yeah. like a quiet little novel. It's yeah. just really beautiful. I loved this one so much. Nice. I like books like that. Okay, my third book that I'm bringing today is The Bingo Palace by Louise Erdrich, which is an older book. I feel like it was published maybe at the late 19, late 90s, maybe. I had happened to pick it up last summer when I was at a bookstore. I just saw it there, and it's one I hadn't read, so I grabbed it. Again, I love Louise Erdrich. She has written a lot of books, because I've read quite a few of her books. Mm-hmm. But I'm amazed at how many I have not read. Like, she is very prolific. So I picked this one up. I love her. It starts off pretty uh, slow because I was wondering. It's Initially, it just appears to be about a young man who has a crush on a young woman on his reserve. Uh, so I'm just like, I'm not quite sure how you can get a whole book out of this. <laughs> but I'm like, <laughs> I, I, I'm in. Like, carry on, Louise. Let's go. And before you know it, it's like, I wrote this down. I'm not going to, I didn't come up with this off the top of my head. It becomes a smooth dive into character and the interplay between fate and the choices we make, which is a lot from like a crush, right? So it's like, and she also addresses issues of culture and history uh, through the everyday lives of her characters. So the book is so much more than it initially appears to be. She's amazing. You know, and I have not read her. She's, I mean, some, you know, writers, I think I'm so embarrassed. I haven't read them yet. She's one of them. And this one, you think this would be a really good one for me to tackle first or other things do you, would you recommend? Um, hmm. Let me think about that. Cause like okay. I said, it's a, it's a, not quite. Cause I know I like, I just really like that term when you called, called your book a quiet book. I was like, I love that term. So now it's stuck in my head and I'm calling everything a quiet book. It's not, it's a <laughs> slow build. There's not a lot of plot. Yeah. It's more character development, but you like that. Yeah. So do you think this, this might be, a, I mean, it might, yeah. it might just be like a nice, you know, intro for me. Yeah. But but clearly she's got other um, well she does she has a million titles yes. here I'm looking at them that are just so famous and yeah. she's I wouldn't they're not overlap but there's often a lot of characters that go back and forth between her books oh, so okay. even though this was written like this is an older book at one point I'm reading this character I'm like this name is really familiar I feel like I've met this character before and I'm like oh wait I have and like. This other book of hers, like she just kind of draws, she has this whole world. She has a world at times that she mm. just kind of draws upon. I think she, the books aren't linked in that you have to read them together, 
mm-hmm. but there's like a commonality, if that makes sense, yeah. right? I would recommend her. I think you need to read her. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah absolutely. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Okay, my last one is another graphic novel. Mm. And I apologize because I do not remember who told me about it. So if you're out there and listening and you were the one, <laughs> thank you so much. It was It's called Shubik Lubik by Dina Muhammad. And she is an Egyptian writer. And it was originally uh, obviously written in Egyptian. And then she herself translated her graphic novel into English. And it's basically about these three people who get first class wishes. And it turns out, for example, that there are three class, well, there's three primary classes of wishes. There's a, a, a one, which means basically whatever you ask for, you're going to get it. And even if you kind of don't ask for it exactly the right way, you're still going to get your wish. Okay. But they're very expensive. Like people, usually only rich people get first class wishes. And then there's a second class okay. wish, which is, of course, a step down. So they're not okay. as expensive, but things could kind of go sideways. And then there's the third class wish, which completely, and it's hilarious too, because the first class wish comes in a beautiful bottle, like a champagne looking bottle. And the third class wishes come in a can. (laughs) Oh no, that's terrible. (laughs) I know. And so, and I will just say, because it's at the very beginning of the book, but this one character, he wants a Mercedes so bad. So he keeps, I think of it like lottery tickets, right? He keeps buying these stupid third class wishes yeah and the first time he asks for a mercedes he gets a steering wheel (laughs) and then like the second time he gets like a toy car and i will not tell you what happens the third time but anyway so it's it's really funny it's gut-wrenching some of the stories that happen are kind of gut-wrenching and ultimately these three people become linked you'll find uh throughout that they are linked and then there's a uh talking donkey And because what happened is a guy, the owner of the donkey, had a third class wish and he asked for a smarter donkey and he ended up getting a donkey that talks. And Mm. and as one of our friends, Jen, said to me something like, I I really love the donkey. And I was like, yeah, I love the donkey, too. So it's really a deeper analysis of, you know, poverty and wealth and privilege and, you know, people living on the margins and it's definitely about women and the way women are treated in different cultures and it's an incredible incredible graphic novel and I highly recommend it I will tell you though that she kept it so that you have to read it you have to swipe the pages instead of right to left you have to swipe the pages left to right now this is I read it as an ebook, okay. so I don't know if the print book. I do want to buy the book because I love yeah. it so much, but I don't know what the print book looks like. And then also, when you're reading it, you have to read from the top right, and then you have to go to to the left. Uh-huh. And it was funny. I was telling my mom's caregiver about it, and she said, "Are you having trouble like figuring it out, yeah. like sticking with it?" I would say in the first maybe say five to ten pages, I was kind of going like, "Oh man." And I'd have to get it. But once you're in the rhythm of it, it's piece of cake. And I read it like I'd been reading it that way forever. Okay. I have a question, a technical question sure. for you. How did you know that you had to read it from the top? <laughs> I, I know. It sounds so stupid. I feel, but like, how did you know that that's how you were supposed to read it? 
Okay, here's what's really funny. When I downloaded it and it showed up on my my tablet, I I was like, wait a minute. How it it was like at the, what I thought was at the end of the book. Yeah. And so I went I went all the way back or what I thought was back. Yeah. And then I ended up being at the end of the book and I was like, what the hell is going on with this? <laughs> and then finally I thought to myself, "Oh my god, you idiot like this i think it's the way they read in like arabic countries yeah. and stuff or arab countries and so i i then i went back to what was truly the beginning which was at the okay end yes and then at the very top it does say for ebook readers you have to read right upper right to whatever and i went oh okay oh. but even like i said the first maybe five maybe 10 pages because it's you know graphic novel there's not yeah. as much text but i feel like I kept struggling and then I would read a section. I go, wait a minute, what? And then I have to go back and I go, oh, wait a minute. Here's how you read it. But don't let that throw you at no, all no, because no. honestly, yeah, like I yeah. said, it didn't take long. And then all of a sudden, and I was in that rhythm. And then I, the whole book, I just, that's how I read it. And it was, oh my God, I loved this book yeah. so much. I cannot recommend it highly enough. And I think it was translated, I think at the end of last year, it was published in English. Okay. And- I just, yeah, cannot speak highly enough about this book. I loved, 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 loved it. And I'm going to buy it. I know you, when you posted it on Instagram, I added mm -hmm. it to my TBR because it's so funny when you're like, I don't know who recommended this to me. And, I'll, and you said the name, I'm like, <laughs> I think it was me. I just added it to my TBR. And I'm like, no, it wasn't, Tara. I, okay. No, you recommended it to me. I'm like, oh. <laughs> but I was like ready to take credit for it. And I'm like, no, wait, no. You posted it on Instagram, and then I added it to my TBR. I don't know who added, who told you about it. Yeah, I I don't know who it was. So whoever it was, thank you so much because it it never ever would have come across my radar. I don't think, and I can't even yeah. imagine how it would have. And it is so layered, and it's so wonderful. And I guarantee you, if you read it, you will love it. Yeah. yeah. Now I would say though, because I do know that some of our friends are not big graphic novel readers. And I would say probably you might not want to pick it up because you do have to read it differently mm -hmm. than you would read a traditional book. So that might be more of a challenge. And maybe people who are really into graphic novels will kind of gravitate toward it yeah. more naturally. Yeah. I think that's it. And then do we want to just give a little bit of a shout out what's coming up? Yeah, go for it. Okay. So we are going to have Canada Reads, which is right around the corner. And the way we're going to do it this year is we will, Tara and I will have one guest per night because we obviously people have to get home from work. And so Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, we will have different guests, one different guest each night. And we will record around 7 p.m. Eastern time. And then I will do very little editing, if any at all. And we will get it posted. So I would say watch for us to maybe get it uploaded by 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday of Canada Reads Week. Does that sound right? Sounds right. So we're going to take a break next week, I think, right? We're going to yeah, carbo-load yeah. for Canada Reads. <laughs> okay, I carbo-load always. I know, but yeah, me too. I know. Me too. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Yes, we will be preparing for Canada Reads. We're, we're really excited. And uh, hey, do you want to say, because you 
Have you read all five now? I have. I finished the fifth one just a couple of days ago. I finished Hotline. So I'm ready to go. I think we have to give our prediction. Come on. Don't you think? Okay. You go first. Oof. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We didn't think that we were going to talk about this, but I really think we have to because we're coming right right up to it. Okay. So initially I had said I felt that Ducks would win. Yes. And that was having read only, I think, one of the books or something. Now I will say that I'm really confused because Mm -hmm. I feel like that Ducks, Greenwood, and Hotline are all fierce competitors in this year's competition. The only reason, the thing about Mexican Gothic, I've seen so many comments from people about it, and I just feel like it's it's the one on the list that would be the toughest one to push through to the succeeding days. Mm-hmm. Also, Station Eleven, the only reason I'm tossing out Station Eleven is just because it's been out for so long, yeah. but I could be completely wrong. Yeah. Well, I think there's a difference between who I want to win and who I think will win. So I will just say this. Okay. I'm still going to promote Ducks because when people have said to me that they didn't think that it really shifts your perspective it's a graphic novel and with all the people whining and crying about the fact that it's on the list, because yeah. I've been reading some of people's comments. Mm. I think it's time for all of us to just get over it yep. and recognize that graphic novels are art. They are yep. literature. They are amazing and that they bring a different perspective. So that yeah. is why I'm going to still yeah. stick with ducks okay well and i had a i was talking to a friend last week about it and she had great points one as far as the graphic novel goes it even shifts the perspective of what literary fiction is by being a graphic novel so i think that's very cool and of course after having read it like it the shift that you see the perspective of the women who go and work in the oil sands But she had a great point. She said to me that it also shifts, she said, the perspective or your view of the men who go to work in the oil sands. Mm. Because she said these are like husbands, fathers, sons, brothers who work in the oil sands. She's like, when Mm -hmm. they're there in the oil sands, they're probably not the same as when they are at home. So our perspective of them can change as well. And I was like, I didn't even think of that. Like, you know, I'm like, I didn't either. I didn't either. When she said that, I'm like, that's a great point. Yeah. As for my predictions slash wants to win. Oh, I sorry about that grammar. That's terrible. But um, (laughs) I'm (laughs) exactly the same as you. I same with, as far as Mexican Gothic and station 11, I agree. And I loved both books. I cannot decide between the three, other yeah. three, because I think all three are potentially could take it and would be great choices to take the title. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll stick with Hotline only because that was my initial feeling, my gut feeling. And mm-hmm. after having read it, I'm like, yeah, it's still it's a great book. I think you get the perspective of like the new immigrant coming to Canada. It brought to light a new aspect of Quebec culture that I wasn't fully aware of. I think I had an idea that it was there, but it was that as a new immigrant to Quebec, 
you are expected to shed your own culture, like to almost literally leave it behind and now fully embrace French culture. And I, I think I had an idea it was there as far as like the French English, but it hadn't really, and this is just my own fault, a weakness of my own. I, I had not realized the effect that it would have on a new immigrant coming to the province. Wow, I think that's a really great point and one I hadn't actually really considered while I was reading it. Yeah. Okay, everyone, it looks like we now have our predictions for Canada Reads 2023, and we hope to uh, see you all there. Thank you so much for listening. Happy reading. Thank you for joining us on our bookish journey. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider subscribing, rating, and reviewing Canada Reads American Style wherever you listen. You can connect with the podcast and Rebecca on Instagram at Canada Reads American Style and with Tara at On a Branch Reads. Until next time, keep reading.